0: a priceless perspective. I'm your hostess, Nicole Steele, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming two members of our Priceless Posse to the show. We're excited to have Miss Audrey McDaniel, who's the education coordinator and the associate producer of the show, along with Miss Natalie Mormon, a longtime mentor, team coordinator, and member of our leadership team at Diamond in the Rough. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi. Oh, hi. Now, I know each of you have been faithfully working with Diamond in the Rough for the past six or seven years. I've had a chance to work hand-in-hand, and all of our members, the members of our team have as well. But can you share with our listeners what it was about the organization that initially piqued your interest? And in your work with Diamond in the Rough, what do you enjoy most?
1: I would have to say that um, what really piqued my interest about Diamond in the Rough is that, first of all, um, it was a faith-based organization, which was very important to me. I always knew that I wanted to come back and mentor young girls because it was important to me um, to build self-esteem issues. And um, after looking at what Diamond and the Rough had to offer as far as building self-esteem, character, and leadership skills among young, young girls, this was the main thing that drew me to the organization. I was also impressed with the fact that the organization started mentoring as early as age four. And what I really, really enjoyed about it is the fact that you get a chance to interact with girls on levels that I didn't have as a child myself.
0: Excellent. And Natalie, what what got you involved with Diamond and the Rocks?
2: Well, I had recently moved to Georgia, and about a year after that, I decided that I wanted to volunteer for an organization. It wasn't necessarily a girls' organization I was looking for, because I had previously worked with girls and boys, But when I put it into the uh, computer and I, you know, looked up kids' programs, children's programs, Diamond in the Rough was the first one to pop up. It was on the top of the list. And they say that the one that's on the top of the list is supposed to be the best one. I didn't look at faith-based. I'm just being honest. I didn't look at any of that. I just looked at that. That was Diamond in the Rough and it's set for girls. I said, okay, and I gave um, you a call. Initially, I thought that I was only going to be doing it for about a year because I know that your (laughs) commitment was for a year. But as I started being a part of Diamond in the Rough, I started, you know, getting more and more involved and really enjoying and then understanding that it was faith-based and just really got drawn into the program. And I really liked the leadership of the program because it was no nonsense. It was a very high standard. And also that it was family-based, that you included the family as well. And so that is what, really led me to be here for so many years afterwards one of the most important things that I do enjoy working with the girls is the mentoring part I enjoy being in the cluster groups with them and talking to them about all different types of subjects and different topics good now I know
0: that because we work together and we have a lot of conversations uh, both in the classroom and outside I know that we can all agree that There are young ladies today of all ages who are suffering from what what I consider to be a personal identity crisis, and they don't really understand who and whose they are. And as a result, now knowing this, they place their worth and their value in other people and material things and relationships instead of loving the skin that they're in and being all that God created them to be. I know that in Diamond in the Rough we have put the brakes on, Uh, this year in particular, this is our 10th year of service, by God's grace, and we have focused a great deal on going back to the basics, because we know that until a girl understands who and who she she is, nothing else matters, it doesn't matter, you can bring the best speakers, you can take them on the best field trips, you can have the best discussions, but nothing's going to change. In what ways have you all seen low self-esteem and self-worth manifest in the lives of young girls that you've mentored, that you've come in contact with over the years?
2: Well, I have the high school girls, and so what I see there is definitely the peer pressure of who they are and how they feel about themselves. It plays a huge part in that they feel they have to be accepted by their peers which is nothing new because I remember growing up that was the same thing you, you know, wanted to fit in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference, I think, though, from my generation to this generation is that it is a lot of stimulation. It never stops. Right. It's always, you, got the, you have the social media, you have the cell phones. It is constant. They are constantly on. And so, therefore, they are constantly being fed, whether they realize it or not, all the images of what the world thinks that they should be. Right. And so, therefore, they don't get a chance to, you know, maybe even reflect or to understand who they should be instead of what the world is. You know, you have the hair, you have the length of the hair, you have the skin color, you have what you wear, you have the boys. It's so much that plays into their self-worth, and you just see it just being manifested as far as their grades, who they hang out with, and really about how they feel about themselves. They really, you can look at a girl and she looks polished. I mean, looks good. She has, you know, looks clean. And I'm not saying necessarily the name brand stuff, but she just looks like, well, this young lady looks like she really has it going on. But once you start to talk to them, you realize how fragile they are. You know, that they really, really do not see themselves as the most important person in their lives.
0: And, you know, Natalie, it's really interesting that you bring that up because I know all of us have in sharing the work that we do here at Diamond in the Rough and working with girls, we all have come across people. And when we say that we provide mentoring, people sometimes have this preconceived notion that, oh, mentoring is for girls that are on the edge, the girls that are wayward. But... We see them in our organization, and our organization serves all girls, regardless of race, social, or economic backgrounds. We have, as you all know, world travelers, people who are leaders in the community, people who are honor roll students. And then we also have young ladies who have faced some challenges and might be at that crossroad. So Mm -hmm. our organization is unique. But as you said, you can see one girl who has obvious challenges based on their outer appearance, maybe the way she's carrying herself, her file and the decisions that she's made. But then you can also bring someone from a two-parent household who lives in, you know, their family is is a six-figure income family, and they can still have on all the designer clothes, look the part, but still be broken on the inside. Audra, what has been your observation in, in your work over the years?
1: Um, First of all, let me say um, I wanted to say something about low self-esteem, which is a thinking disorder um, in which individuals view themselves inadequate, unworthy, unlovable, and and incompetent. They usually have negative views about themselves, and so therefore it leads to different types of behaviors. Natalie hit on quite a few of them, and the ways that I've seen self-esteem and self-worth issues manifest in the lives of young girls is through body image, bullying, bullying, skin and hair complexes, uh, disliking of certain features. I know that that was uh, one of my my issues growing up. Um, I disliked my nose, and so I really put my focus there, although uh, I never really had a problem. I was not really a target of bullying as it relates to my nose, but it was something internally that I took, and as I looked in the mirror, we, you know, of course, at Dominant Ruck, we do the mirror, mirror exercise, and I didn't have that that particular lesson growing up. Had I did that lesson, I think that the thing that would have probably broken me was my nose because I took that in and I I just concentrated on my nose, even though, once again, it was never a big issue to anybody else. Um, Someone else can tell you you're the most beautiful person in the world, but if I don't view myself that way, I would horn in on my nose, and so that led to – other issues that, that I see, such as depression, um, low performances in school can cause, low self-esteem, um, and poor relationships with friends and family, um, which can, you know, eventually with low self-esteem, it can lead to destructive behaviors um, amongst um, girls. So that, that's really what I see, um, and I think Natalie covered quite a few uh, areas. But unfortunately, it will lead to destructive behaviors if something is not done about that. And some of those destructive behaviors that I've seen could be uh, dropping out of school, teen pregnancy, low academic achievements. So it's a lot of things that can lead to self-esteem. And that's why I love Diamond in the Rough because the curriculum that is in place currently as it relates to Priceless is teaching the girls who they are and who they are. And once you get a girl to understand her worth, um, you will not have a problem in the area of self-esteem.
2: Right. And that I is. Just,
1: I'm sorry. I
0: was going to say that's so true. Go ahead, yeah. Natalie.
2: But I was. When, I don't know if um, we can discuss about Priceless Project now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just my observations with the the program.
0: And let let us uh, just share with the listeners what the Priceless okay. Project is. Again, at Diamond in the Rough, we have. Put the pause on in our tenth year, and really have gone back to the basics and really helping girls uncover and discover who and whose they are and so part of that is through a curriculum that we have that will that we're piloting internally here in the organization, but at some point will be available to the public and it's called the Priceless Project. So go ahead, Natalie, and say what you are going to say.
2: Well, with the Priceless Project, I am so excited about that project, I'll tell you, because it is good for teens and women. Yeah. Seeing,
3: yes.
2: But it peels back layers that the girls don't even realize that they have. You know, when you point out certain things to them like, you know, um, how do you see yourself? Or um, we give out reflection cards at the end of the lessons like, what did you get from that? We are seeing girls who are sharing things and saying that they don't know how to make themselves feel better, you know, things that they never would have said before. This Priceless Project really is very interactive. It gets the girls thinking about other about themselves because the project is all about them. It's totally about them. And so when they start looking at some of the, the um, lessons that we are doing, you know, when they see the diamond being broken down and where the diamond comes from and what has to happen to the diamond, you know, mm. then they begin to look at themselves like, okay, so, yes, I'm not perfect. And comparing themselves to a diamond, they can see all the shaping and the the, the shifting and, the, you know, what this diamond had to go through is similar to what they have to go through as a person to get to where they need to get to in life. And so just seeing this project has just... I've seen such miracles of how girls are really like, wow, I didn't realize that if I call my sister a B word, what that says about me as well.
3: Right. Mm.
2: You know, it's getting them to look at their behavior and how they might think they're calling somebody else something else, but it's saying a lot about you for you to feel like she is that.
3: Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Uh,
2: so I, I think this project is really priceless, <laughs> no pun intended, but it really does peel back some layers because we all have layers. And the only way that you're going to be able to feel some self-worth about yourself is for the girls to be able to peel back the layers and get to the core of what is caused, the root of it, that is causing them to feel the low self-esteem from the beginning. you ladies agree? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs>
0: I think it's really interesting because we know and we've seen it that when you have broken girls, if they don't address those issues at a young age, they grow up to be broken women, to be Absolutely. women who continue to try and fill the void with men and stuff and material and all kinds of things. It's it's just a, a God-filled hole that everybody has. And until you tap into and begin to understand where your value and worth come from, and that is from God who created you and said that you were perfect, he created you unique in his design, and you're like nobody else, until you begin to embrace that, again, nothing else matters.
1: Nicole, let me say this, and I don't mean to interject, but um, when I listen to your series, you have coined this amazing phrase called From Broken to Brilliant. And when I listened to your tape series on that or your C D, um, it was very powerful because it hit on a lot of those issues and your your personal testimony is so powerful and I, I've always loved uh that, that that phrase that you coined to let the girls know. And even as a woman listening to that series, um, I think a lot of things that you have put into place in the program can benefit, like that said, um, not only the girls, but they can benefit women. And I think that statement alone being from going from broken to being brilliant. And that's, that's the, that's the thing that's so powerful at the end of the day is that, um, the tools and the resources that we're giving the girls at Diamond in the Rough, even though they may appear to be broken right now in some areas of their lives, um, uh, we also, on the flip side, let them know that they may be broken temporarily because that's just a temporary stage, but they're on their way to being brilliant.
2: That's yes, right. Absolutely
1: they're,
0: absolutely, they're going through that transformation process, and it can mm-hmm. be painful. I mean, I know oh. that you all have have witnessed, and, and Natalie, you talked about the layers because mm-hmm. for many of these girls, especially when they get to your age group, Natalie, where <clears throat> with the girls that you work with, they're they're 16 and 17 years old, mm-hmm. and so it's 16 and 17 years of stuff of yeah. things, words that have been spoken over them, of experiences, of heartbreak, of disappointment, of mm-hmm. poor choices, of memories, of letdown, of all of this. Right. And, and and it's layers of stuff. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, but like right. you said, being able to reflect and say, why do I feel the way that I feel about myself? Who, who planted that lie? Where did that lie start? Could it have mm-hmm. been from my grandmother who said that I wasn't never going to be? Or could it have been from feelings of abandonment when my family divorced, when my parents mm-hmm. divorced? Could it be from mm-hmm. somebody who took advantage of me when I was a baby, when I was a young child
3: that, right. that mm-hmm.
0: planted that seed? I mean, there's so many different people that can either make or break a child in their spirit. Right. So, really getting kids to identify where the lie began,
2: to track it
0: back, pull it up from the root, and begin to plant new thoughts, new ideas, new concepts about who they are and whose they are.
2: And you know what, too, um, another thing while you was just talking about that, sometimes we can repress stuff, you know, that things um, that could be really traumatic or something that we just, just, you know, it's too painful to even think about, but you can just repress stuff where you really, really forget, you know, that you even have that pain, but it's showing in your behavior. Right. But you might not, it might not be at the forefront of your mind where you know, you know what, oh yeah, I've been hurt, you know, real bad. You know, you can just repress stuff and not even, because the the mind is a beautiful thing, it protects you from a lot of stuff. Thank God. (laughs) Yes. And so you might not even know that you're hurting from that particular thing. And especially with kids, you know, they, they internalize stuff so much, they might not even realize what it is. Um, I, I do have a, a one young lady that I know who, who asks, how can I begin? Yeah. I don't know where to start. Right. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to make myself feel good. You know, and that's, 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 that's real right there. That's real. Mm -hmm. But to be able to have an environment
0: with people, grown folks, who love you, who love you unconditionally, who are going to speak truth, you know, are not going going (laughs) to go for the foolishness. (laughs) They're going to speak the truth in love but Mm -hmm. are there to support you. But also I know you all have seen the empowerment that they gain from one another and the accountability is so powerful. to to see young women who are holding one another accountable, who are helping to inspire one another, whose testimonies help girls really see it, because girls have a way of connecting that even those of us that are adults and that are in the field, that we can't connect.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. And
0: so it's very, I guess, rewarding and very powerful to see a generation of young girls coming up, linking arms with one another, so that they can all be better,
2: they can all be healthy. Because that is one of the things of Diamond in the Rough. You know, with the clusters, we definitely promote, this is your sister. Look at her good. Look at her now. Mm -hmm. All these young ladies in here, they're your sisters. They Mm -hmm. are going through some of the same things that you are, but you're supposed to be your sister's keeper. You're supposed to uphold her, even if you don't know her, Mm -hmm. and you see something happening to her that might be unfair or someone's taking advantage of her. It is your responsibility if you can help her or get help for her. You know, you're not to talk bad about her because you are her sister. You're supposed to help each other. And the one thing also with Diamond in the Rough is that as a mentor, you know, we have that, we wear a lot of different hats as a mentor. You know, we got the mommy hat, we got the mentor hat. We, and, and so it's a fine line in deciding which hat you're going to put on. You don't have a lot of time to think about it sometimes. And sometimes... As a mentor, you, you know, with, when you said that the girls are able to learn from each other, sometimes as a mentor, you have to might like, step back a second. Mm-hmm. You know, and let whoever is, you know, sharing something to let someone else that's their peer can be able to speak life into them.
3: Right.
2: You know, I mean, I'll never forget one girl said, "I just took my she she was explaining to somebody about a situation. She says, "Take yourself out of the situation." Mm. You know, and deal with it from there. You know, I mean, that was so profound. You know, it was so profound. So Diamond in the Rough is just awesome, awesome, awesome organization for girls, being around girls and being a family, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to support each other.
0: Hey, you know, it's really interesting because – you think about society today. You think about even things like reality television. The, first of all, there's the whole myth that girls can't get along and women can't get along, and everybody's catty and messy and drama filled. But you know, Diamond in the Rough, we have a zero tolerance for drama. But <laughs> yeah. you think you think about how girls are seen on television, be it shows like Bad Girls and Housewives and people slapping and fighting and and cussing and clowning. And so in their undeveloped brains, they're thinking this is the norm. So if I have a problem with my sister, I'm just gonna cuss her out. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about her. I'm gonna badmouth her. I'm gonna mess up her name. I'm gonna cut up her stuff. And that's not acceptable. So I think it is important because we have to teach our young people how to be civil, how to have friendships, healthy friendships and relationships and communicate, like you said, even when you don't agree. You can agree to disagree, but you have to do it respectfully. And so those are a lot of things that we've seen over the years with young ladies who've been in our program. They are able to articulate themselves. They are able to take a stand, even if it means that they have to stand alone. You know, they're able to determine what's important to me, what do I believe, what does my character and my integrity say about this situation, and to be able to stand behind it. So kudos to all of y'all that are, you know, working in this field um, and the wonderful team members that we have. We've got close to 50 volunteers and team members, but we've got a big vision, and there are a lot of great organizations that are doing very similar things, and there's a lot of work out here for us to do. Now, let me ask you ladies, and, Audrey, you can um, chime in on this one. I know that we all recognize the major role that parents play in building a child's self-esteem. I know that you are the first point of contact for many parents who are looking for programs, who are calling Diamond in the Rough to find out who we are and what services that we offer. And you do a lot of ministry on the phone. I hear you
3: at your desk praying for families. and. <laughs>
0: You know, I know about the correspondences that you do even off the clock. How can parents help build their daughter's confidence and their self-esteem, in your opinion?
1: Um, In my personal opinion, I think that, um, you know, first ministry always starts at home. And being that um, I do have a daughter that is 15 years old and I'm actually in this role right now as a parent, it is very tough sometimes, but it is very important that um, we understand their struggles. And this generation, is they claim that they're going through so much, which, which they really are. But what we have to let them understand is that there is nothing new up under the sun because they seem to think that a lot of the things that they're going through is all new. And so as parents, we have to get involved. We have to take that extra time. I know that our days are busy, but you do have to carve out time, first of all, to even spend with your child and have those cultivating conversations, and giving them the time to actually express themselves, and not tear down everything that they're saying, because sometimes they're crying out to you, and as they're crying out, they're not even getting a chance to finish their sentence before we, as parents, sometimes we we just we cut them off and we just give them our opinion. Um, we 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 have to guide them. But then another part too to that is that. When you have a mentoring program like Diamond in the Rough, and I'm getting a chance to, uh, the uh, chance to serve because I know that as our role as whether it be, um, in the education coordinator hat or mentor or whatever area, because at Diamond in the Rough, we're, we're kind of, we wear a lot of different hats, but we have to pay attention to the child. And as a parent, we have to take time in our schedule to hear what they have to say because they do have a voice. And we want to help them find their voice. That's the whole idea, because when you can help them change their thinking, you can help them change their life.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: That is so important. And you talk about that time, and, and, yeah, girls are dealing with there is nothing new under the sun. But at the same time, I think we all agree that the consequences are much different that yeah, back yeah. in our day there was sex there was drugs there were there was bullying there was you know all of these different influences um body image issues but as natalie said with the lovely technology which is a, which is a great thing it never stops you know bullying used to end when you left the playground or you left the basketball court or wherever it was going down and then you went home and you were mm-hmm. able to escape it at least for a night but now you have twenty four hour, and you got Facebook, and you got Twitter, and you got people bullying online, and you have, you know, it's just it's everything is pumped up ten, twenty, a hundred, a hundred times, and so really recognizing and not, you know, downplaying. Oh, girl, you're just gonna get over that because I, I went through that. It's nothing but a thing. You know, this is their life, this is their world, and so when when a child comes home and they feel Nobody likes me. And, you know, it's easy for a parent to say, girl, get over it. Them girls ain't, you know, they don't mean you no good. But this is her yeah. world. This is, right. this is her life. And so to be sensitive. And I think, and I've, I've, I know, Audra, you know about the power of prayer. That knee time is really important, mm-hmm. interceding for your child. I know yeah. you pray for your daughter and for all the daughters in Diamond in the Rough as part of our prayer team. And so don't even, you know, a lot of times people will, well, all I can do now is pray.
3: (laughs) We leave that (laughs) as
0: the last resort when really that should be the first first and the ongoing Mm -hmm. resort Mm -hmm. because prayer works. And so I I think that parents get, it's it's hard. I got two. Natalie, you got one. It's hard.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. It is hard. It's very hard, and like you said, Nicole, um, it's funny you said that, Nicole, because that is a lot, that people, if all I can do is pray, or they will also say, well, you know what, you guys are my last resort at Diamond in the Rough, and, Lord, if you can't change them at Diamond in the Rough, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're my last resort. And so we we hear that all the time. We're that last lifeline, and and they think that we are magicians, and we do make that clear, (laughs) that we are not magicians. We do not have a magic wand. But no, no diamond dust
3: into,
1: no diamond dust. And if you <laughs> would enter your girl into the program and, and it has to be consistent, she has to show up. Um mm-hmm. she needs to come for a number of years. If she was a certain way for three years, you can't expect us to change her in six months. Right. Um you have to give us you have to give us grace and have patience there and then you have to work along with us, you have to right. tag team uh right. with us to make sure that you know the issues that you bring up that we need to work on with your daughter Um, You have to be patient in knowing that this didn't happen overnight with her, so we're not magicians either. And I think that's one of the deceptions that parents have. We've seen that where they've enrolled their daughters and they thought, oh, this thing has been on her for three years, and they were hoping we could, you know, bring solutions in six months.
2: And, you know, it's something. Oh, go ahead, Natalie. I just wanted to say also, you know, with Diamond in the Rough, every first Saturday, that's our super Saturday.
1: Come
0: on, girl. And we
2: have the parent workshops. We have very good, I mean, excellent free parent workshop for free every free. Saturday. And I'll tell you, I could count, you know, how many parents consistently come to these programs. I mean, it's about sexting. It's about all the issues that are, the, the, their teens are being faced with today and a lot of parents do not come but you have to partner with us all the way because nobody is perfect and sometimes parents have to be tweaked you know sometimes we have to parents have to you know get out of that well you know my mama did this and my mama did that unfortunately you know i mean it's it's good change is good and, it's, yes. you know, you have to recognize change, and everything is not like it used to be. And you can't parent back on, you know, the 1950s because it's so di- I'm serious. It's so right, yeah. different. 1970s, 1980s. Right.
3: Let's be real. 1990s. You yeah, can't parent. Absolutely. You have to stay
2: relevant You have to stay, you know, you have to know about the computer. You have to know about the cell phone. You might not want to know about it. You might not want to deal with it, but if you are buying these things for your children, you should know how they work. And you should, you know, just be up on those things. Unfortunately, that's what being a parent is about. So it would be good if more parents, I would love to see that room packed every first Saturday.
0: And, you know, you are on my soapbox right there (laughs) because, as Audra said, parents call and they, and they, they share and they, you know, I feel them. But this is not, like like uh, Arja said, we don't have magic dust. And, right. and even for people who aren't involved in Diamond in the Rough, some people send their kids to school and they expect teachers to teach them everything, but you better not touch them and you better, you know, I want you to teach them about sex. I want you right. to teach them about drugs. I want you to teach them about math and science and chemistry and all this stuff mm-hmm. and send them home to me and I'll feed them. I'm gonna right. send my child to church. I'm gonna roll up and I'm gonna let my child make my child go to the church. I'm not going to church, but I'm gonna send my child to church so right. the church can yeah. teach them. I mean, you know, we see this. I'm gonna send my child to to um to football practice. I want the coach to teach them how to be a man. I'm to teach. I'm gonna send her to cheerleading practice, and I want her to teach her how to be a woman. It does not work like that. Nope. We are guardians because God entrusted those babies to us to guard, to protect, to lead, to guide. And when we don't know how, because we're we're human, right, mm-hmm. taking advantage of the resources that mm-hmm. are available, plugging into the PTA conferences, going yes. to your tr- not just showing up in your house shoes and your pajama bottoms when when Bebe and Nini and Kiki cut up. But, I mean, show up to school when they're doing good. Show up to their recitals. You know, that's so important. It really is. And it's it's so frustrating because oftentimes we see girls, and they are a product of their environment. But mama feel like, like, look, I'm grown. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm going to do what I do, but I Mm -hmm. want you to
0: fix her. And kids are watching. They are watching. They are taking notes. And we can't say do as I say, but don't do as I do. Right. That day is over. That was back in the 50s and the 60s. That worked. It don't work now.
3: Nope, (laughs) surely don't. You can say
0: that all day long. So, yeah, I could could go there all day long now. I could go there all day long.
2: Absolutely, because you're not going to find a program like this, and I'm just going to say it. You're not going to find a program like Diamond in the Rough Where you got family, we are all family The mentors, the volunteers We don't get paid We are family and we are led by God We're just mere vessels being used by God And I mean, I just cannot say uh, Everybody who knows me How's your girls doing? Mm -hmm. How's Diamond in the Rough? Because Diamond in the Rough is very, very important Okay, it is a ministry all in itself
0: And I just want to put
2: that out there
0: all right. Now let me let let's go to the issue because we see it year after year after year and that is the role that fathers play when it comes to building confident girls and helping them make choices. We have had some powerful experiences, lots of tears, lots of ministry going on, restoration in in many cases, but mm-hmm. I know I, I dealt with daddy issues, Thank Natalie. I know too. you had daddy mm-hmm. issues, and we can trace that back to many of the choices, many of the feelings of you know just not feeling worthy, and, and turning to boys and you know other things to affirm us. What what have you seen, Natalie, when it comes to the daddy the daddy factor?
2: um for myself or for the girls. <laughs>
0: well
3: you can speak you can speak from,
0: from both both aspects. Okay.
2: Well I'll speak from both aspects. You know, I think that that was one of the things for me that was kind of was repressed in myself. Because I thought if anybody asked me that I was like no, I don't remember not feeling any way or one you know, one way or another about my father not, you know, being in my life daily. I never I mean to this day I still can't remember but Talking about repress, um I was sharing I think I might have told you this story before. My mom was here a couple of years, um not this summer last summer, and she was we were in my office and she was looking at some of the pictures I had of my father and I, and she said, "You know, your father was crazy about you. I was turning around what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I had never ever ever, and I am." 50-plus years old. Mm -hmm. I have never, ever heard that before in my life. And I turned and looked at her. I said, what? And she said, your father was crazy about you. I said, really? And at that moment, I went back to a little girl. Yeah. I was a little girl at that very moment. Yeah. Wow. I was so surprised. And I didn't say nothing to my mother, you know. But (laughs) I was so surprised at my reaction to the statement that she made. Yeah. And I'm like, Wait a minute. So apparently it did matter. Mm-hmm. That must have been something that I repressed. You know that I just, for whatever reasons, you know that I felt like it did not affect me. Now I'm in a, now realistically I know that it affected my decisions. The uh, with boys, it mm-hmm. affected my virginity. It affected how I felt about myself. You know my self worth because the mm-hmm. father's supposed to be the first one to tell you that you're beautiful. He's right. supposed to be the first one to tell you that you're worthy. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be the first one to set the standard for you and tell you all those wonderful things about yourself mm-hmm. as a man. You know, so I didn't get that balance. Yeah. And so when I realized that, I was like, wow, that was deep. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had to, um, not not long ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I forgave my dad. That's powerful. I wow. was praying one day and doing my devotional and just, you know, how God works. hmm I forgave my dad, and my dad's been dead for twenty-two years.
0: Wow! So, and that—that's powerful.
2: Yes, it is. And when that I told powerful. that story to the girls in my cluster, I had tears in my eyes when I was saying it because you know we were talking the daddy topic had come up, which it comes up a lot because there's no getting around it. Right. Because it really, for for a lot of girls, not all girls, but for a lot of girls, that is the core. That is the mm-hmm. root. Of the self Of not feeling worthy Of having low self-esteem That is the root of it And um So When the girls talk about it it's they, A lot of them They don't understand Why You know th- th- That their dads Are acting this way Even if they're in a the household You know Some in right. the household Some are not Because I mean uh, Emotionally disconnected Is emotionally dis- dis- disconnected Whether you're in a household Or not Exactly mm-hmm. Um they don't understand why that they act like this. They don't understand why that they don't reach out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't get that. And some of them, you know, take the stance of, well, I don't care anyway. You know, you know how we do. We, you know, get an attitude, get on the defensive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't care anyway. Or, you know, it doesn't matter if they want to act like that. They always, man, I'm not gonna call him and stuff like that. And but um, they definitely, definitely, the thing I, I do appreciate about them. I said, well, at least y'all under, y'all recognize that you, you know, that you that you feel this way. Because some of us, you know, like me, I repressed it. Right. right And, and, and Natalie, you...
1: I love how you hit on the power of forgiveness yes. because that piece is so important for the girls that are on the defense, yes. for the girls that are, are hurting so bad. Um, and I know that one year we did an exercise um, in the summer program. Um, it was almost like a release letter, if you will, to the fathers. Some of the girls right, did a right. letter um, to their fathers, and it changed their lives as they were writing the letters because they were able to get a release through that. And and whether or not that dad responded or not, they were able to get their uh, deliverance and their sense of freedom as a result of them writing those release letters. I thought that was actually a very powerful
2: activity that we did. Yeah, they they were able to move past a certain level, you know, because you get stuck. You don't know you're stuck. Mm-hmm. But you get stuck in your decision making of of your the, of of your of some certain maybe morals or values that you might have, you know. Up. You mm-hmm. get you get Anger. stuck. Angry? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just you know, not no boundaries. You know, you oh, get stuck in yes. all that stuff.
0: And then what happens? Which people they don't really think about it, but it happens where subconsciously girls are always looking for their daddy in somebody else. Yes, so whoever yeah. your daddy was or wasn't, that that's what you automatically attract.
3: Mm, yep. That's what
0: you <laughs> automatically gravitate to. So for the young lady who may be listening and whose father is not involved, for you to know if you're listening that that is his issue and his problem and there's nothing that you have done, as a child, to deserve it, one, but there is hope even beyond it. Even if he never steps foot in your life, whether he never gives the apology that is due, whether he never gives answers to why he wasn't there or whatever the issue is, God still has a plan and purpose for your life. And whether he was just supposed to be the vehicle to get you here on earth that's enough, and that forgiveness is for you, it's not for him.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It's
0: so important because we we don't forget. I know, because I lived years <laughs> with <laughs> unforgiveness in my heart towards my father. And I remember the day, it was when we were preparing my husband and I to get married, and I remember for years saying, when I get married, my I'm not going to let my daddy give me away. My mama going to give me away. I mean, I went through this whole thing about what I was going to do and what I wasn't going to do. And as the day approached, I remember God beginning to soften my heart. And I remember my husband saying, why don't you just call your dad and just ask him why? Why? You know, for all the questions that you have. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit said, what difference does it make? What does what difference does it make? Are you going to be – if if he get is there any – Answer that justifies it Is there any answer that's going to take away the pain Is there any answer that's going to wipe away The tears and erase all that time Is it any Is there any answer that's going to be Okay
3: mm-hmm.
0: And when the spirit put it like that I was like well Okay <laughs> So, really, at the end of the day, what am I going to do? Am I going to hold on to all of that anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and make myself sick and make myself, you know, just toxic? And and I'm happy to say, by God's grace, my dad and I, and it's years later, our relationship has totally been restored, and it's not at anybody's doing but God's doing. so for the girl who is listening, there's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Just keep your yeah. heart open and be the best you you can be. Right. You know, it it's unfortunate. It's not fair. It's not right.
3: Right.
0: It doesn't feel good. But getting in tap with those feelings and not repressing them. Right. Recognizing them and working if you need counseling, get counseling. If you need to get with a small group, there're great groups like the fatherless generation. We have uh Miss Tory She's, she's got a great program, so she does small groups with young people whose fathers are not in their lives, so you can talk about it. If it's a mentoring program, finding a, a one-on-one mentor so you can work through those emotions, but you've got to move on. Go
1: ahead.
2: Well, I was just going to say also, because this is not a man-bashing thing. We're not no, bashing not. fathers. Because sometimes fathers, they don't know. You right. know, it, that's why it's important to know your family history. And, know go back and see, okay, you know, if you can, or talk to find somebody to talk to, to find out, well, what was it like for them to grow up with? Because a lot of times hurt people hurt people. And right. they might have big old holes in their hearts. Of how they were treated, or you know what or maybe they didn't have their father, I mean it's just so many different you know thing reasons why people do that, but it's never like Nicole said it's never ever the child's fault, never ever
0: and let me say this because when it comes to things like divorce and mm-hmm. and relational problems between mothers and fathers, sometimes let's just keep it real, the mama is in the way
3: mm-hmm, because.
0: Yeah. He cheated on me. He this. He that. And I'm. And I. Go, you know. And yeah. You right. want to protect your child, but don't bring children into grown folks stuff. Don't allow the child to hurt because your because your heart was broken. Cause, right. You know what I mean. And so that's a really hard pill to swallow. But a lot of times, just even as mothers, as as family members, I mean, we have to watch the words. One thing I must say about my mother is she never spoke a ill word about my daddy. And
2: yeah, my mother too.
3: Never. All the yeah.
0: the feelings that I had towards my dad were were developed on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important, and I know it's hard. It's not fair. It's not right. fair for you know for the burden to be on any one parent. But there's hope. There's right. hope. And just reaching out and getting, like I said, counseling and utilizing those resources are so important. And, and you said something very important. It's not just when dads are physically not present because they can be emotionally detached. We've got girls from two-parent households where the yes. dad is providing. Yep. I'll never forget the day the one, one of the babies in the program years ago said, my dad buys me all of this stuff, and she was well-dressed, She would have the designer, all that stuff on. Mm -hmm. But she said, I'd give it all away if my daddy would just spend time with me.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: sometimes we as parents are trying to provide, and I want my baby to have better than I did and and more stuff, and I want to live in a better house and a better, you know, and I want her to do this and the other. But what's the cost? Mm -hmm. So it's really important to take a step back from time to time as parents, to say, is this working? Is our schedule so busy that we don't do any face time? We're jumping from the car to the soccer practice to the this to the that, and we have about an hour and a half, and that's really bedtime and homework time. we eating on the move. I'm eating in my bedroom. She's eating in her bedroom. We don't do family dinners. We don't do anything. What's the cost? Right. But there are great, great opportunities And and all of this stuff is fixable,
3: Mm -hmm, (laughs) just with mm -hmm.
0: time. Now, let me ask this. What advice would you give to a young girl who's listening, who may be struggling with low self-esteem or has trouble recognizing how special she is? Natalie, what would you say to that little young lady listening tonight?
2: Well, first of all, I would let that young lady know that God loves her no matter what that God does love her, and sometimes I know if, especially if they're not in the church or they're not spiritual, that's kind of hard for them to wrap their their fingers around. But just I would say that to her that God loves you, and then I would ask her, what are some of the positive things that she like about herself, mm-hmm. and try to start from there. You know, because it's usually you know usually when people think that they have to fix themselves, you know. As mentors, we try not to make them – that's not the, the objective. It's not that you need to be fixed right. because you really are okay. It's mm-hmm. just that you just need to be tweaked just a little bit. Right. Usually it's just one or two things that just have to be tweaked and then everything else will fall into place. But that's what, that's some of the advice that I would give her that to think – let's let's go down a list of things that, that you have going on about yourself that you know that you're really, really good at. That's what I did when I was – when I had low self-esteem, I made a list. One side was the stuff that I knew I was really what did well, and the other side was the stuff that I knew that you know I needed to work on, and which can be very difficult, you know, when you have to look at yourself that way. And I just started. I would tell her to start, you know, maybe each week, say those things out loud to yourself because there's power in words. Yes. It's so easy to say. Oh, I can't do this well. I mean, and we believe it right away. But as soon as you want to tell yourself, oh, you know what, I'm beautiful. <laughs> you don't believe it. you would be like, oh, yeah, sure, look at that, you know. But if you keep, there's power in words. So take a card, an index card, and write down one good thing that you like about yourself and tape it to your mirror, but say it mm-hmm. every day out loud. Look yourself to in the mirror look in your eyes they say the eyes are the the way to our souls look yourself in the eyes and you might not be able to do that at first because you know you're in pain but tell yourself that every day i am beautiful i am beautiful you will begin to believe it and each week add on a different word about something positive about yourself and start from there because you know when you speak it, then you'll begin to believe it. And once you begin to believe it, you begin to walk in it. And when you begin to walk in it, then others will see it as well.
0: That's very powerful. And that, that exercise is something that even as adults, because we hear it a lot, I wish I had a program like this when I was little. I do, too. I wish I did, too. too. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. Exactly. But, even for women, for grown yep. women who appear to have it all together on the outside, you're rolling in this, you're living in this place, you're, you're climbing the corporate ladder, you're in college, you're doing great, whatever the situation may be, you when you look in that mirror, you know whether or not you love that reflection looking back at you or yeah. whether or not you despise it. And so, to be able to begin to look at that reflection and and like like Natalie is talking to the young people, even as grown folks, to do that, to begin to reprogram the way that we see ourselves right. and not tune in to "oh, my thighs and my "oh, look at my gut and my." Ooh, and I wish I was taller or thinner on my hair or my skin or my, you know, just begin to find one thing. Oh, I love my eyes. My eyes are so pretty. Ooh, my smile. Look at that dimple. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, girl, look. Mm. Just find that one thing. And then once you get comfortable saying that, find something else to embrace, your creativity, your yeah. ability to grasp, your, your cooking skills, your yeah. your all of that.
3: Mm-hmm. There's
0: so much that makes us unique. And we get into competing and comparing, well, I wish I had this. I wish I was that. I wish God is never going to allow us to be somebody that he didn't create us to be.
3: Absolutely.
0: So that's a good word. Audra, what advice would you give to a young lady tonight that might be listening?
1: I pretty much co-sign on everything that you and Natalie have both said. Um, I'm definitely a purpose person. So, um, you know, with Natalie saying that, you know, telling a young girl that she was created for a purpose, understanding uh, who she is and to focus on the positive things in her life. And I love what you said, Nicole. I think you were, you know, hitting on uh, gifts and talents. That's very important. Mm. And another thing that is um, important is cultivating healthy relationships Mm. and being in positive environments, being around people, that are energized and that are charged and that are light-minded, um, even as adults, all of these things apply. Everything that we're saying on the air, as it relates to a young girl, still applies as an adult. What I found in my adult life,
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: I would say that those are all the things I definitely co-sign on everything that you guys have said.
2: Yeah, but that—that that was good about that. Um, the people who you surround yourself with, because. You can have all those healthy self-esteems and then healthy a uh, healthy self-esteem, but then if you're hanging out with people who are um, not healthy, who are toxic, mm. you can be poisoned by those relationships. So um, I think uh, that was very good for you to touch on that because as you are getting healthy, you probably will start changing, hopefully, the people that you hang around with.
3: Yes.
0: And that's a hard thing to do. I, we yeah. tell our girls, you all know, we tell them every it's good to, to <laughs> do an evaluation every year because people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, mm-hmm. and so you have to go down that checklist. Okay, has this has this relationship run its course? <laughs> have mm-hmm. I learned what I needed to learn? Have I been a blessing? Has this person been a blessing? But now it's time to move on because the reality is everybody is not going where you're going. It's not that they can't go where you're going. But many people choose to live a life of mediocrity and just go with the flow and hang out and be less than God's best. Mm -hmm. But he's created greatness in all of us. The question is, what are we going to do with it? So I think that's good. Diamonds cut and sharpen diamonds. Just like iron sharpens iron. So Absolutely. you need to figure out if you are hanging with diamond makers or diamond breakers. <laughs>
1: yes, like dream builders or dream killers. Dream That's builders right. or dream killers.
0: That's yes. right. Well, thank you so much, ladies. This has been great. Uh, for those of you that are listening, you can learn more about Diamond in the Rough by visiting w We offer mentoring, leadership training, career coaching, and family enrichment activities here in the metro Atlanta area. But if you happen to be outside of the Atlanta metro area, know that God has given us a global vision. And we look forward to the day when this program is offered around the world. And so we invite you to uh, to, to check us out. Um, if you have an organization, we love to collaborate with organizations and to be able to point people to other programs in the community. And we invite people also to join this priceless movement. God is doing some incredible things at, at this time, and so. Tune in, visit the website, The Priceless Princess Network, where you can get products, you can learn about uh, parties with a purpose that are really about inspiring and motivating and creating collaborative opportunities for women and girls of all ages. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you, ladies, for being on the show. This is A Priceless Perspective, Nicole Steele,
1: and we're out.
3: Join the conversation. Visit us online at pricelessperspective.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. This show has been brought to you in part by Diamond and the Rough Youth Development Program Incorporated and Gym Makers LLC.